0: I am pension Qian, the Editor-in-Chief of Heart Rhythm. Thank you for listening to this podcast. The February 2018 issue of Heart Rhythm has a featured article entitled Class one anti Antiarrhythmic Drugs for Suspected Premature Ventricular Contraction-Induced Cardiomyopathy, written by Hyman et al. from University of Pennsylvania, An author interview conducted by Dr. Dan Morin, can be found on www.heartbrhythmjournal.com website. The authors analyzed 20 patients suspected of having PVC-induced cardiomyopathy and were treated with 1C antiarrhythmic drugs. With treatment, mean PVC burden decreased from 36% to 10%, and mean left ventricular ejection fraction increased from 37% to 49%. The authors conclude that in patients suspected of having PVC-induced cardiomyopathy, 1C antiarrhythmic drugs effectively suppressed PVCs, leading to LVEF recovery in the majority. This study suggested a possible alternative to castor ablation in the treatment of PVC-induced cardiomyopathy. The study, however, is limited by the small sample size and the retrospective data collection. Larger studies needed to test this exciting hypothesis. The next paper is entitled Atrial Fibrillation and Cognitive Decline in the Framingham Heart Study by Nishitala et al. from UC San Francisco. The authors studied 2,682 participants of the Framingham Heart Study, original and offspring cohorts. They found that after adjustment for vascular risk factors and apolipoprotein Epsilon-4 status AF was significantly associated with longitudinal decline in executive function in both cohorts. The next paper is Urban Rural Differences in Mortality for Atrial Fibrillation Hospitalizations in the United States by O'Neill et al. from Emory University School of Medicine, Atlanta, Georgia. The authors performed cross-sectional examination of patients who were hospitalized for AF in a national inpatient sample between 2012 and 2014 to compare in-hospital mortality in patients admitted to urban versus rural hospitals. They found that patients admitted to rural hospitals had a 17% increase risk of death as compared with those admitted to urban hospitals. The clinical question raised in this study has important public health implications. The next paper is absence of rotational activity detected using two-dimensional phase mapping in the corresponding three-dimensional phase maps in human persistent atrial fibrillation by Pathic et al. from Royal Melbourne Hospital, Victoria, Australia. The authors developed a 3D face mapping technique that uses 3D locations of basket electrodes to project face onto patient specific left atrial 3D surface anatomy. Using the 3D maps as a gold standard, the authors sought to determine whether rotors detected in 2D face maps were present at the corresponding time segments and anatomical locations in 3D face maps. They studied AF in 14 patients and found that rotors detected in 2D face maps were not observed in the corresponding 3D face maps. These findings may have implications on the accuracies of current 2D face mapping in detecting rotors. After the publication of this article, two groups of authors submitted letters to editor to challenge the mathematics used in the study. Those letters and the author's responses are published online. The next paper is Spiral Activation of the Superior Vena Cava, the Utility of Ultra-High-Resolution Mapping for Cable Isolation by Yamashita et al. from Jeki University School of Medicine, Tokyo, Japan. The authors used an ultra-high-density mapping system to map the SVC in 40 patients with atrial fibrillation. They found that the sinus node location varied widely while the phrenic nerve was mostly located in the lateral segment. The atrial activation was conducted superiorly and clockwise from the sinus node. All SVCs were successfully isolated. The authors conclude that ultra-high resolution mapping is useful for the safe and efficient isolation of the SVC. The next paper is Contact Force Sensing for Ablation of Persistent Atrial Fibrillation, a randomized multi center trial by County et al., Southlake Regional Health Center, Ontario, Canada. This trial is called Touch AF, which randomized 128 patients undergoing first time ablation for persistent AF. The authors found that contact force sensing guided ablation resulted in no difference to RF time or 12 months outcome. The next paper is ICD computed respiratory disturbance index accurately identifies severe sleep apnea by Donofrio et al. from Naples, Italy. They enrolled patients with left ventricular ejection fraction less than 35%. And an ICD. One month after implantation, patients underwent a polysomnographic study to determine the apnea hypoxia index for AHI. They found that an ICD computed respiratory disturbance index accurately identified severe sleep apnea and demonstrated good agreement with AHI. Therefore, the index may serve as an efficient tool for screening patients at risk of sleep apnea. The next paper is cardiac MRI using white band sequences in patients with non-conditional cardiac implanted electronic devices by Doe et al. from UCLA. The authors performed 114 consecutive cardiac MRI studies in 111 patients using a wideband pulse sequence for late gadolinium enhancement imaging. All studies were completed successfully. There were no patient deaths, new arrhythmias, immediate generator lead failures, electrical resets, or pacing capture failures in dependent patients. 87% of the studies had no artifacts limiting interpretation. The authors conclude that cardiac MR can be performed safely in non-MRI-conditional cardiac uh, implanted electronic devices using a standard protocol. Use of the wideband pulse sequence for late gadolinium enhancement imaging yields a high rate of studies unaffected by artifact. The next article is Safety of MRI in Patients with Legacy Pacemakers and Defibrillators and Abandoned Leads by Padma et al. from Mayo Clinic, Rochester, Minnesota. The authors reviewed a prospectively collected database of patients with cardiovascular implantable electronic devices undergoing MRI between 2008 and 2017 at Mayo Clinic, Rochester, Minnesota and found 80 patients underwent MRI scans with 90 abandoned leads in place during the scans. They found no evidence of myocardial injury as measured by paired cardiac troponin T. The risk of MRI with abandoned leads appears low. So these two studies add to the growing literature showing the safety of cardiac MRI studies in patients with non-conditional devices. The next article is prognostic value of fluorine 18 fluorodeoxyglucose 2 deoxyglucose positron emission computed tomography, or 18-FDG PET, in patients with unexpl- uh, unexplained AV block by Danwade et al. from Care Hospital, Hyderabad, India. The authors studied 35 patients, and found 40% of them had abnormal FDG scans. Four of them had biopsy-proven granulomatous inflammation, including one that grew mycobacterium tuberculosis in culture. The authors conclude that tuberculosis may be an important cause of unexplained AV block apart from sarcoidosis in developing countries such as India. The next article is, is Inappropriate Sinus Tachycardia Symptom and Heart Rate Reduction with Ivabradine, a pooled analysis of prospective studies by Matthew et al from University of Oklahoma. The authors are interested in studying the off-label use of Ivabradine for inappropriate sinus tachycardia. They found nine patients involving uh, nine studies involving 145 patients. 70% of patients were women. They found that ibuprofen effectively induces heart rate and symptoms in inappropriate sinus tachycardia, but no study was adequately powered to account for the expected placebo effect on symptoms. Because of potential teratogenic effects of ibuprofen, better data are necessary to support the use of ibuprofen, especially in women of childbearing age. The next paper is cardiac rhythm analysis during ongoing CPR using the analysis during compression with fast reconfirmation, or ADC-FR technology, by Fumagalliaro from Milan, Italy. The ADC-FR algorithm features automated rhythm analysis and charging during cardiac compressions to reduce cardiac compression pauses. It uses digital filters to remove compression artifacts. The results showed that ADC-FR algorithm is highly accurate in discriminating shockable and non-shockable rhythms and can be used to reduce cardiac compression pauses. More study will be needed to determine if this algorithm improved the outcomes of the CPR. The next paper is presence of cardiomyocyte exhibiting Purkinje type morphology and prominent connecting 45 immunoreactivity in the myocardial sleeves of cardiac veins by Kugler et al. from Budapest, Hungary. Connecting 45 stain in the ventricles is positive in Purkinje cells but negative in working myocytes. In addition, Purkinje cells are rich in glycogen. The authors applied those two biomarkers to study the atria and the thoracic veins. They found bundles of, of uh, glycogen positive cardiomyocytes in the venous sleeves. In addition strong connexin-45 and weak connexin-43 labeling was detected in the extracardic myocardium. Similar staining pattern was observed for the pacemaker in the conduction system, whereas ventricular myocardium exhibited prominent connexin-43 and no connexin-45 immunoreactivity. They conclude that myocardial fibers of PVS, SVC, And coronary sinus exhibit morphology similar to the other Purkinje fibers and are enriched in glycogen. They showed prominent positive staining for CX45 in extracardic myocardium, indicating its potential pacemaker maker or conduction, uh, conducting nature. This paper was accompanied by an editorial from Robert Anderson of Newcastle upon Tyne. United Kingdom. The editorial raised concerns about coding those cells the specialized conduction cells or Purkinje cells. The next paper is CRISPR correction of the PRACA2 gene mutation. In a patient's induced pluri- pluripotent stem cell derived or iPSC cardiomyocytes eliminates electrophysiological and Structural Abnormalities by Ben Jehuda et al. from Tetion, Haifa, Israel. Mutations in the PROCA2 gene causes hypertrophic cardiomyopathy and the familial WPW syndrome. The authors produced iPSC cardiomyocytes from the dermal biopsy of a 60-year-old patient. They then used the CRISPR gene editing technology to correct the mutation and then generated isogenic iPSC cardiomyocytes. The results show that PROCA 2 mutated iPSC cardiomyocytes exhibited abnormal firing patterns, delayed after dechloridations, triggered arrhythmias, and augmented beat rate variability. CRISPR correction eliminated these electrophysiological abnormalities. The next paper is Elacrazine Exhibits Enhanced Selectivity for Long QT Syndrome Type 3 Associated Late Sodium Current by L. Bizri et al. from Gidea Sciences Incorporated, Fremont, California. Elacrazine is a sodium channel blocker designed to improve the selectivity of cardiac late sodium current over peak sodium current. Wild-type human cardiac voltage-gated sodium current, or HNAV1.5, and 21 previously-reported variants were studied using patch clamp recordings from a heterologous expression system. The results showed that at predicted therapeutic concentrations, elyclazine elicits potent inhibition of late INA across a cohort of NAV1.5 mutant channels. These properties are consistent with a class 1B adrenergic agent that are associates with unusually rapid binding unbinding rates. The next paper is a contemporary review entitled Utility and Limitations of Long-Term Monitoring of Atrial Fibrillation Using an Implantable Loop Recorder by Lee and Mittal from UC San Francisco and the Valley Health System Ridgewood, New Jersey respectively. Continuous long-term implantable loop recorder, or ILR-based ECG monitoring, has been increasingly used to diagnose episodes of AF in high-risk patients and to improve characterization of AF episodes in patients with non-AF. This review aims to review the potential clinical utility of ILR-based ECG monitoring while highlighting some inherent limitations of the current technology. And understanding of these limitations is important when considering the use of IRR-based ECG monitoring and clinical decision-making based on the information being stored within these devices. The next paper is entitled My Syncopated Heart, A Patient's Perspective by Gail bela This article was written by a patient who describes the heartbeats going out of rhythm This article is both interesting and educational to read. In addition to the above articles, the journal also published a Josephson and Willen's ECG lesson, an image of ultra-high-resolution three-dimensional mapping caster for isolated pulmonary vein reentrant tachycardia, 4EP News, and News from the Heart Rhythm Society. I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. I'm Dr. Pengxian Qian for Heart Rhythm. Thank you.